Hello and welcome to a special playoff preview edition of the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell here as we talk about uh, what seems to be a really interesting first round of the NHL playoffs. So uh, DJ, how are you doing? Uh, how's your week been to this point? Um, it, it's going, you know, we're, we're, we're almost through it, which is always good. Uh, almost to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously in uh, our lives, at least we have never seen a playoffs quite like this, where games are still going to be going on and teams are going to be playing that aren't in the playoffs. And there's going to be a lot of craziness going on and, you know, eventually it'll hopefully get ironed out and it might make the slates a little bit more interesting. You know, like, I don't know if they're going to include some of these games that aren't regularly scheduled. I know a lot of them are afternoon games for Vancouver. So we're just going to find out when, when it all comes up, I, you know, I don't know if you have any assumptions on that front, but it's going to make for a lot of chaos. Um, so I, that's always good and, and fun to record about. So yeah, no, it's going well. Um, anything you want to get off before we get started? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I guess just like as a point of reference, when you're listening to this, um, this it is Wednesday night, uh, the 12th, when we are recording this, we are planning to release it on the 14th on the Friday um, because the playoffs do start officially on Saturday night with Washington and Boston facing off. Um, so, uh, you know, we, obviously a lot of what we say is based on the best info we have at this moment, but uh, with some of these series, you know, up North, they might not, not even start until Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we're not sure yet. Uh, we're definitely making some assumptions. Um so I, I just want to get that, you know, right off the front. We just sort of wanted to put our initial thoughts out there, uh, make sure we had something together for, you know, the uh, potential for a Saturday or Sunday start for a number of these series. Um, but of course, you know, as you're um, getting ready for these playoff series, we would love for you to join the Discord if you haven't yet. So just shoot us a follow on Twitter at Morning Skate Pod and DM us. Uh, we can get you hooked up with that link and everything. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be on top of everything in there. So without any further ado, uh, DJ, anything else before we go into some of these series? First off, you're, you know, right in between when we're recording and when we're releasing it is your birthday. So um, I guess I can be the first to say happy birthday um, a few hours early at this point. So we should probably <laughs> mention that. Um, that, that, that that's true. the first. You'll definitely get, get on the, the Twitters and stuff and, and the discords and say happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, oh crap we're gonna release this on friday uh say happy right. birthday happy belated birthday i <laughs> say happy <laughs> birthday yesterday yeah. um Perfect. to matt and uh and you know next podcast i think we have some uh some big news we're not gonna we're gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna save it though we're not gonna say it now we're gonna wait um until next podcast so definitely want to be there it, it's good news it's very good news so we're gonna get to that for the next show um any last minute notes or you want to get right into it starting in the West? No, in the, in the words of uh, Gary Bettman, um, I, I think you're going to want to hear this one when, uh, you know, next week comes around. So yeah. You like said that before the podcast and then when you did it in his voice, not even remotely close to how he sounded at all. <laughs> like the worst impression. I was like, Oh, like that was what you meant. That was yeah. terrible. Yeah. All right, no. Great. Um, but we're going to start right now. Colorado's up two to nothing and they're probably going to take the last two games of the season. So we're going to go with them being the one seed um, as they would get the tiebreaker over Vegas. Um, so it'd be Colorado at home, the home team against St. Louis. So that's where we're going to start. Um, St. Louis, obviously kind of an interesting story. It kind of seemed like they were dead and then they started beating good teams. Um, you know, they've had so many games against Vegas, Minnesota, uh, and Colorado at the end of the year that everyone kind of thought like, oh, maybe Arizona can do this. And 
that was not the case. So St. Louis, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they've taken on the best. They beat some of the best. It looks like they're going to get back to pretty much full health um, to in, in the offseason. There's a couple guys we're, we're still looking at, we're still wondering about. Um, so we'll get started there with St. Louis. Is there any notes on St. Louis that you wanted to get to? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to reiterate sort of what you were saying about how I was entirely convinced St. Louis was dead. They were done. Um, like you said, they had really tough matchups. I think even a majority of them on the road. Um, and you know, as of right now, they're, they're beating, uh, Minnesota for their 55th game, but like over the last 10 games, they've taken points in nine of them. They're six, one and three over that stretch. They've gotten hot at the absolute right time. Um, it is kind of crazy to think now that, you know, oh, Vegas, Colorado was like, you know, uh, <laughs> written in Sharpie at the beginning of the season. And I honestly would not be surprised if it's Minnesota St. Louis um, in the second round. And I don't think that's, you know, what I'm predicting here, but it is certainly worth keeping an eye on the status of Nathan McKinnon. Uh, He's probably the biggest domino uh, in this series. All, you know, all resources we have seem to indicate that he's just a little bit banged up and will be able to play in the first, uh, you know, the first game of the first round of the playoffs, but that's not certain yet. Um, We don't have confirmation it was in fact a new injury that popped up uh, in their most recent game. So, um, you know, Colorado still does have another game left on Thursday night. So I guess last night, now that you're listening to this, um, where, you know, we could see McKinnon come back or whatever. I doubt it. And honestly, I would not be shocked if he misses, you know, the the first game of the playoffs too, because uh, Bednar did not seem entirely enthused saying, Oh, he's fine. He'll be back. So yeah, right. No, it, it definitely seemed like it was like kind of like one of those like, oh, yeah, yeah, we really think he should be. And then he kind of alluded to, to it not being related to the reason he was out before. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting. So it kind of seemed like a new thing, but like not a big deal. And it's like, uh, OK, um, sure, dude. So yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if you're like us. And, and, and we've talked about this in the Discord chat. And if you haven't gotten in on it, there's a lot of these player pools and, and stuff like that. So this McKinnon news could be a spot where Maybe you could try to get an edge. Some people might come off of him if they think he might not play. Um, if you want to get more information on these player pools, either get in the Discord or you can DM one of us and we can lead you in the right direction. They're a lot of fun. Just kind of like pick one player from every team type of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think in this series, the overall thought is, A, uh, I really do like the Colorado offensive upside. Um, I think that they're going to be one of the better stacks as they are in every single slate with McKinnon, mm-hmm. Rantanen, and Makar. They did get Samuel Gerard back. He looks fully good to go. So they're going to be riding, the, you know, the, best defense in the league. Um, Grubauer and net should be good to go as well. He played again tonight. Um, I don't think he's even taken a shot at this point on net. So <laughs> he'll be fully healthy at this point. Uh, LA does not know how to put a puck on net. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Colorado probably wins this handily, but I think St. Louis could make a series out of it. Like I've afforded um, type of series. My biggest concern is St. Louis's goaltending, which has gotten a lot better. You know, Bennington's looked a lot better from his beginning of the season woes and, you know, it's good to see for any um, St. Louis fans out there that you really need him to have that playoff magic again if you're going to get out of this first round and, uh, you know, it possibly survives the second. Uh, I think a lot of people have the winner of Colorado Vegas to win the cup, and it would be interesting to see if St. Louis can kind of break that up. Is there any big things you wanted to get on to this one um, before we move on? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I was just basically for each of the series, I just had a little something like looking at some of the expected goals and the matchups between the two teams, uh, looking at, you know, the overall head-to-head record on the year. So just quickly summarizing that, um, Colorado was 
five and three against this Blues team in the regular season. Uh, outscored them 26 to 21. So they, they were pretty tight games. You know, you look through the game logs and there were a couple blowouts in favor of um, in favor of Colorado here. But really where the, you know, it was all goaltending when St. Louis did manage to win. So it is going to be real interesting, um, especially if you are on other sort of, you know, stacks in the, uh, you know, on the slate or whatever, if you're playing a three, four game slate. Uh, Jordan Bennington absolutely has the potential to put up these monster sort of scores. Um, so that's a guy I'll be looking at pretty closely on the St. Louis side. Like he'll be cheap, obviously. And we know Colorado is just going to pepper him with shots. Um, so that's really, uh, you know, my one area of interest. It's like, can Bennington keep this close enough where we're literally seeing, you know, 40, 45, 50 shots out of this Colorado team. I believe Bennington even had a 50 save shot out against them earlier this year. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I don't have that game log up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, so I just, I found this series to be really fascinating because I mean, yes, there's some question marks on the Colorado side, but we kind of know who the guys are. Um, you know, if McKinnon's out to throw everything out, like, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new series, of course, but we're assuming he plays on the St. Louis side though. Like, again, they've gotten red hot to close the season. Um, they've got Mike Hoffman scoring goals from everywhere. Like, you know, he's second in the, on the team in goals. He passed David Perron, which, I mean, if you watch the first two months of the season, you would think there's absolutely no way that happens. Um, but it did. And he's really clicking at the right time. So with him, uh, we're hoping Tarasenko comes back in time. You know, like Vince Dunn seems like he could return as well um, right on time. It's going to be a close one. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be tight, like on the shot counter, but I do think that there's enough shooters on the St. Louis side that they will keep things close. So um, I'm not willing to go on the limb and call an upset at, at just yet. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely going to be sort of in on the St. Louis side and some DFS contests, I'm pretty sure. So uh, anything else you wanted to kind of throw in there? No, let's, let's get over to the Vegas and Minnesota series. So uh, Vegas, I think is, has been one of the, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like now that they're seemingly back to like, I don't even know what to call them because they haven't had like a full roster in so long that it seems like it's boosted a lot of their DFS assets. So like there's a, I don't know if I want to say completely wildly inflated numbers as of late, but somewhat like with the minutes and the shot share and everything. And even with the, the, the reduced amount of break, they've been just flying around and looking awesome. I and mean, they're dominating tonight while we're recording this. And um, I think that, you know, Minnesota is a lot to handle, but I still think they probably find a way to get it done. Uh, Minnesota is going to need Talbot to be an absolute beast. And I just don't know if I trust him enough to, to get this done. And he's shown that he's has the ability, but I'm still leaning towards Vegas. Um, Padre Reddy is obviously the biggest question mark here. Again, he's not playing, but I, I'm not, you know, thinking he's going to miss a playoff game, but I'm not sure. It, it kind of seems like one of those things where it's been super precautionary and, and why risk taking him back for two games against, you know, a, a almost AHL Barracuda's team um, when you, you pretty much got this rep. They're going to win and th- that's it. Like they had, it's out of their hands at that point. So yeah. that's the big note though. Is Padre Reddy going to play? Um, other than that, you know, I think my biggest question is like, can you convince me to take a goalie on this team in a player pool, or can I trust uh, Flurry to continue his, his stretch? Uh, it's the main break for this team. If Flurry and and or Leonard are doing well, this team could win the cup. If Flurry and or Leonard do not do well, Minnesota could be even the first round. Um, 
I think Minnesota has a sound enough defense to keep it competitive, but you know, can they knock off the Knights? Matt, what do you think? Well, I am going to answer your question with my response, which is I think that Minnesota has the upper hand in this series. Um, like you look at the season series, uh, Minnesota has two overtime losses, five wins, just one regulation loss against this Golden Knights team. And that's even backed up in the expected goals numbers between these two uh, squads. I think that Minnesota's defense is so mobile and just so solid, uh, not to mention, you know, Eric Sinek and everything else. I just, I don't think Vegas has the finishing talent they need to sort of beat this Minnesota club that's actually getting, you know, real, real good goaltending from Cam Talbot to get them through like this, you know, kind of dry spell they've been on. It feels like the Paul ready question though. Like that's the finishing talent that they're lacking right now. And if he's back, I, you know, that was the guy that was just finishing in bunches. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that didn't, <laughs> that patches didn't help them last year either. Like, I mean, Vegas, you know, bowing out, yeah. like, I mean, they, they <laughs> like, it's not like Vegas is this team that's like just scoring goals by the bundle. Like they have to get a ton of volume. And I just think that Minnesota is not going playoff to chokers to Vegas Golden Knights. Well, I mean, <laughs> like it, when you root for a team that's never won a cup, like, how, I mean, like, how do you even live with yourself? Like, I, I, I do not know. I yeah. would be in, in shambles. If I was a Vegas fan, how would I even get out of bed, man? I have um, no idea. Sounds yes. terrible. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, again, I, I like Vegas in this series. I love Theodore and Pietrangelo from the point, just yep. like that, that's where their offense is driving from. And they're jumping into plays and making things happen. So I know there's that kind of inherent risk of like, well, where's the finishing talent? And you think like, well, Marcheso and Patrick disappeared. Now what? Like what's left um, if they're not getting it done? I think the defense has that ability um, to, to jump up in the play, make things happen. Also be just great defensive zone players. And the goaltending has not even needed to, but has bailed them out. I mean, Leonard, uh, from the game one until I think it was game 15, he had one regulation loss. Uh, he got a little bit cold after that. Um, and, and, you know, Fleury has been kind of a, a brick wall for them for most of the year. I just don't see them going down. You know, I, I think they have one of the best defensive trios in the league next to Colorado. Um, and then they have goaltending that's just, like I said, been good. Um, and it can, it, you know, we're talking about Vegas not having the finishing talent, you know, Minnesota's got two guys as well. You know, Kroko Kaprizov, who's never played an NHL playoff game, and Kevin Viala, who has, you know, kind of come on as of late. But th- then what? You know, who are we talking about that next guy for them that's going to be able to finish? I think I just have more faith in Vegas getting this done. Um, I could I could see Minnesota getting one or two in this. Um, I could see Kroko Kaprizov having a nice little playoff run and, and getting some goals. He's been shooting in bunches as of late. His a DK ton. Is obviously yeah. That. A ton. I like think one of the uh, best rate shooters in the league in the last Yeah, uh, Meany mentioned I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's hit uh three shots in each of his last 12 games. So this like yeah. Caprizov is getting hot at the absolute right time for sure. Um I will sort of so, so counter the, yeah. uh, oh let me counter one of your points. You know, you're sort of arguing like, you know, where's the depth in Minnesota? Like let's just say the Vegas Golden Knights played with 15 players the other night because they literally have no depth. <laughs> like you know, I mean, obviously I'm being a bit tongue in cheek there, but it is sort of, you know, um, you know, it is sort of telling. I do think that this is going to be a dynamic series with a lot of offense, honestly, both ways. Um, that's the way their regular season games were. And yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I think this series of all the series, I know floated Tampa is going to be fun, but I think that Vegas, Minnesota is going to be the series that I have on the most uh, because I do find sort of this one to be the most compelling, like, you know, on ice, um, just based on what we've seen all year between these two clubs. So um, I'm guessing you're siding with Vegas here. 
But um, yeah, and, and you know, outside of Minnesota, of course, you know, uh, Colorado could blow this, you know, against the Kings or something and throw this all out of whack anyway. And this all could be for naught. So uh, any closing thoughts on the Western opening round? No, I, I think, I think it's, you know, I think both matchups in some capacity, I, in many capacities have really, really high upside for, for game stacking, et cetera. Like I think that they're I, really, there's, there's only a couple playoff series and we'll get to them that seem a little bit weaker. Um, yeah. You could really talk me into any of these having like seven, eight goal upside games, but we'll get to the next one. It's um, Carolina at Nashville. Oh my God. It's Nashville at Carolina. Really? Sorry. Um, Nashville, again, getting into the playoffs over Dallas. You've really got it. Like, honestly, of all the teams, I feel the worst for Dallas. I think any podcast has mentioned yeah. it probably, you know, Dallas having probably the worst run of luck anyone could have um, as far as a team as a whole in the season, uh, freezing up Texas, COVID, et cetera. So Tough to see there, but Nashville is the beneficiary. They get in. Obviously, Nashville is a absolute madhouse in the playoffs. I've never been, but you know all the videos. It sounds like they're going to have nearly full capacity. So you know if you're a Nashville fan and you get to one of the games, enjoy it. Be safe. Um, Carolina, on the other hand, has been world beating. They end up winning the uh, second toughest division, or maybe even the toughest division to win um, with with having kind of three juggernauts instead of two. But uh, well, Minnesota was really a third. They, they made a push at the end. So yeah. Um, and Carolina just continues to find ways to win. The Delkovich is probably the best goalie not to start the first playoff game. Mrazek is probably going to get the nod, I think, even though the, the, some are arguing that Delkovich could be, you know, the third runner in the rookie of the year and one of the better goalies just overall um, as far as talent. So what are your, I guess, initial thoughts here? These teams have played each other a bunch at the end of the year. Did you learn anything from those games? We had a lot of people yeah. out and I've said obviously a lot. So I'm going to let you talk. Right. I mean, um, you know, I, like look at the season series between these two clubs. Uh, Carolina was six and one against Nashville. Like we're throwing out yeah. the massacre that, you know, they are six and two technically, but last game, I think it was Monday was an absolute joke. Um, Carolina was, you know, basically kneeling on the football every time they had the puck. Um, and Nashville won like six nothing or whatever. Like fine, like it literally did not matter. Carolina had everything clinched. Um, so I'm perfectly comfortable saying that of the sort of one four matchups, I feel the most confident in this Carolina club. Not even because of anything about Carolina in particular, but this Nashville team never got it together. Um, you know, they obviously suffered through some injuries, but they got here entirely on the back of UC Soros. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because four years ago we were like, oh my gosh, like Saros is going to bring the Preds to a cup. And then Rene was the guy. And it's just like, oh, well, Rene's going to fall apart. And they made it to the freaking final. Um, yeah. But now it's actually Saros time. I wish I could sort of transport that excitement I had about UC Saros to, you know, to today. Um, but I just, you know, it might just me being bored. You know, I want a new story. But man, I do not see a quote unquote hot goalie. Uh, sort of swaying me when literally everything else is just like, yeah, this Carolina team is razor sharp. Um, they will dominate. And, you know, I think this one will be a massacre myself, like four or five games at most. Yeah. I, I feel like this series, a lot of the metrics will lead people to maybe playing a lot of this Carolina side because I think they'll have a yeah. ton of shots. But I almost like, you know, if you feel good about Nashville one night taking UC Soros because he could have a you know fifty save shutout like you mentioned, or the, he could have a playoffs. fifty he could have a fifty save loss <laughs> and still yeah, right. be one of I the mean, top goalies for his price too. Yeah, yeah, that definitely feels like that's well within the realm of possibility. Um, <clears throat> I do 
hope that Nashville is kind of full go on defense. That might give them, like I said, a small chance, but I still think they'll allow a lot of shots against. But with Nashville, it comes down to, can they catch absolute lightning in a bottle with either Forsberg or Tolvanen or someone just has to go nuclear um, for them to have a chance. And like I said, Carolina's goaltending has been so good that it's like, are we playing like one of the best goalies or like a guy that seems to be really good as well in Razek? Um, I, I, I think, you know, a five-game series for Soros steals one, it's probably in the cards. Uh, I don't know if there's any huge overarching news here. Um, is there anything you're thinking? I can't think of anything. Yeah, we, I, the- we haven't really seen much from either of these sides. Like any late season stuff that happened to Carolina seemed to mostly just be preservation rather than like actual yeah. rehab. Um, so, you know, I think we're good there to just sort of like uh, move on. On the national side, there is a bit of a lingering question about how healthy, you know, guys like Forsberg and even uh, Roman Yossi, I think, missed uh, some games on the stretch. Uh, maybe not, but I could be misremembering. But I do think there is a little bit of question marks there. And that just makes it even more, you know, in on this Carolina side. It just seems like this is the perfect storm for them. Uh, they'll have Tampa and Florida beating each other up, um, hopefully coming out wounded. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going full sweep uh, for this Carolina right. side. Um, yeah, I'll go Carolina in five. Okay, let's yeah. talk about you know what what is rightly uh, proclaimed is probably the series to watch. Uh, Florida t- uh, hosting Tampa. Tampa, it almost certainly sounds like they're getting back Kucherov and Stamkos. Um, I'm not one of those crazy cap circumvention people. You know, I just, one, I don't care enough to be, and two, it actually did sort of seem like a, you know, uh, a timeline very similar to that of Braden Point. And no one's saying that Braden Point, you know, it it just was fortunate timing on the surgery for Kucherov, maybe. Um, But, you know, I think that this will be really fun to see how Kucherov mixes in. Uh, with the sort of, uh, I don't want to call them new look, but you know, this team without Kucherov, without Stamkos was still among the elite teams in the league. Um, so just adding those two guys to the fire rather than sort of them being the McDavid dry sidle, let's say, dragging them into the playoffs. I'm real excited to see how this Tampa team gels. They're going to have to do it quickly though, because you know, Florida does have home ice here. Um, so anything, you know, uh, immediately stand out to you in this one? I think, I think the biggest question for me is what, what is Florida's goaltending going to show up? I mean, it seems like Drieger has won the net um, and, and he's been pretty good all season, but we're talking about a nearly minimum salary type of guy who, again, you never know goaltending is goaltending and it, it, he could actually just be this good, but you know, you get Stamkos and you get Kucherov back and all of a sudden you're talking about a team that has probably added more war than any team could possibly add going into the playoffs. Uh, potentially in NHL history. I mean, really, you think about it. So yeah. it, it's crazy, crazy to think. But, I mean, Florida has been a good enough, I'd say, to at least still be in, have a fighting chance. Um, losing Ekblad, though, I think really diminishes the upside of their defense offensively. So unless if, you know, they can get some really good play from Yandel and Montour, I, I just – and Weger, really. Weger has been great. Uh, he, we have to at least mention him here. I, I kind of just like Tampa to, to find a way to get this done, maybe in six. Um, that would be my lean. I think Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies in the league. And when you add, you know, it's you know, sometimes you think, like, well, Stamkos and Kucherov that good defensively. Well, if they can control the puck and get it in the offensive zone, they don't really need to be that good um, defensively. So uh, I think it's just going to boost Vasilevsky even more. Um, 
and they'll and they'll find a way to to, to win it in six. Um, you know, Florida maybe steals two, one of the early two, and then maybe one at like game five or something when Tampa is looking to close it out. But I just don't see um, how they're going to be able to keep up if Tampa gets fully healthy, and I do think they will. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's tough because. It, you know, on the Florida side, Sam Bennett came in and this team just, uh, I mean, call it what you will, but the team was literally revolutionized with Sam Bennett um, playing second line center. He won his way into the top power play, like firing on literally every single possible cylinder. Um, you know, some of these sitting out down the stretch is a little bit concerning just based on, you know, like they had something to play for. So these guys were definitely hurt. Um, not to mention, you know, Ekblad is obviously a big loss as well. Um but I'm pretty excited to see, you know, Barkov, Duclair, Verhage back in action. Um, we still have Bennett, Huberto, and Tippett. Like, even the third line, Vitrano, Wenberg, Hornfist. Like, you know, I'm not sure that I'm afraid of a Barkley Goodrow when, you know, Frankie V and Patrick Hornfist are my third line scorers on the Florida side. So this will come down to me a lot on the shoulders of Vasilevsky. Um, on the year, Bassey did not do well against this Florida team. Florida team, our Florida was five, two, and one against them. Um, let's see if my tabs I have Vasilevsky's game logs against them this year. But it was a bit of a tough go of things against the uh, against Florida Forum. And of course, I'm clicking on random things because we are such a well-organized professional podcast. Um, anyway, DJ, do you have anything while I pull this up on the Florida side? I mean- I, I don't know if there's any like big news or anything. I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine, there we go. you know, Florida's going to get healthy again. Huberdo missing last game seemed like it was just a, he was sitting out type of situation. So you're talking about Huberdo, Barkoff, Verhage, kind of a little bit of a revenge narrative. He should yeah. be good to go. He was back at the end of the year. So you are getting kind of a full go Florida offense. But I, I think that laws of Ekpa is just, it's just too much. I, I don't know how they're going to, like if, Tampa doesn't get back Stamkos and Kucherov. You know, I, I think Florida definitely has the upper hand. Um, Tampa's been that bad without them, but getting those guys back is just, my God, like, you, you just look at the lines now and you say, like, do they even need to play like Tyler Johnson, who was one of the, you know, the state? It's, it's crazy. Like, um, so yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, uh, I did find it. Um, against, so obviously they only played seven opponents this year. Against Carolina, Bassey in seven games had a 9.33. Seven games against the Hawks, 9.30. Uh, six games against Columbus, 8.98. Interesting. Dallas, seven games, 9.43. Ridiculous. Detroit, four games, 9.35. Ridiculous. That Florida, did that. True. Florida, six games, 8.98. And the Nashville, five games, 9.43, because why not? Like, this Florida team has had Bassey's number all year. Um you know, we we already know what Columbus did to Vassie in the past, so maybe there's something there. Um, you know, those are the two teams that Vasilevsky struggle against regular season. I think I'm siding with Florida here. You know, um, it's it's been a tough year for everyone, obviously, but I, you know, no one <laughs> no one suffered as much as Tampa did by losing both Kucherov the entire year. Uh, Stamkos, you know, having his offseason injury coming back and then getting hurt again, like they lost a lot. Victor Hedman is playing hurt. You know, he might even need surgery after this year, I saw rumored. So, I don't know. Give me the Florida side. I think it's ripe for uh, not even an upset, but just like sort of a, hey, we're, we're here and we are going to make it, uh, you know, we're going to make a run to the final for Florida. 
the first time I take an underdog and you just have to take <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which is weird to say, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, yeah. So to Pittsburgh and the Islanders, Pittsburgh, the one seed Islanders, the fourth seed. Uh, this series is probably the one I struggle with the most because the Islanders looked like the Bridgeport Tigers or are they the Bridgeport Islanders now? Now know. the Bridgeport Islanders. Yeah. Very creative. Yeah. Which is just very disappointing. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, they, they, they looked terrible, terrible, terrible. And end of the year kind of needing the goaltending to bail them out against teams like freaking Buffalo, like just not good, not good at all. Maybe, you know, the season's over and, you know, they're trying to shut down teams defensively and, and it's not much really uh, willpower or whatever, but this team comes into the playoffs and just always finds a way, you know, I I'm really struggling to take Pittsburgh, even though it makes so much sense. Um, a lot of the numbers, especially as of recent, lead all the way to Pittsburgh. But I just I just, I just could see it now. The Islanders winning this in six. Like, it, it, probably more of a gut feeling. You know, maybe the, the luck could finally run out. I remember the, the, the first year the Islanders made the playoffs after losing Tavares. And you know, a lot of people had them penciled in as a bottom five team, and they made a run. Then the next last year, like, no way they were going to find a way to get where they got. They did it again. So – Maybe this is the year they run out of gas, but I'm taking them. I'm taking Varlamov. I mean, that's the thing is I think Varlamov really is one of the better goalies in the entire league. He absolutely burned the crap out of me the last time out because he probably didn't have any injury at all, but Trotz pulled him because he said he had like a little bit of a strain or something. And they're like, well, it was the playoffs he'd play, but whatever. But the guy's great. Um, he'll get the nod. It comes, you know, can that top line in Pittsburgh get it done? And I think the Islanders could find a way to slow them down enough um, to get this get this series won. So I'm going to take the Islanders in six. Oh, wow, that is bold. Um, you know, I'm, I'm being def- bold. I'm definitely here to just dunk on the Islanders because they were really, 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 really bad down the stretch. Um, like just playing some god awful hockey. Um, you know, so that means something to me. Pittsburgh did take care of business against the Islanders all year going six and two, you know, it's a bit closer when you look sort of under the hood, but this Pittsburgh team did play a lot of the season without, you know, Kenny Malkin. Um, Like it it seems like they are back. Um, Malkin, you know, left their last game of the year, but he sounds like he's absolutely fine. We have not heard anything over the last three days since that game. So I'm assuming that he's perfectly good to go. Um, So for me, this, I think Pittsburgh is just deeper. I think they have a better top line. Um, you know, it, it's basically down to, do you believe that Barry Trotz plays playoff hockey or whatever? And I don't know. I, I just don't buy it. Like it was tough last year seeing Pittsburgh go out um, and all that, you know, the way they did against the hot goalie and see the Islanders just rolling over everyone. But that seems like it's gone. Maybe they've, you know, rekindle some of that magic, but I'll take Pittsburgh uh, five games. All I'm going to say, and this is, again, I, I think I'm more of just like talking myself into the, the playoff Islanders, and I, I'm not backing this up with math. And, and we, you know, again, like we'll, we'll get to the slate breakdowns when we get to yeah. them, and, and maybe like this is a series I'm not going to be too heavy on. But all I'm going to say is the Islanders, full capacity. The fans are back. I don't know if the game is going to be in Nassau. I doubt it. I, I imagine they're going to be at Barclays. Offside Tavern, open again. They're back. All the fans, the whole thing, you know, the bar staying open until they lose or whatever it is. Like I'm just in on the whole thing, the whole Islanders thing, the underdog feel like that's what it's all about. And I think that, you know, they're going to find it. They're going to capture it again. Ryan Pulak's going to score a couple goals, but we were were looking for him. Um, And Varlamov is just going to stand on his head. I I really 
think that Varlamov's an underrated goalie in, in this league. And I think any Islanders fan listening is probably cheering right now because I, they, they've seen it all year. But yeah, more um, of a... Oh, right now, maybe they tell Cal Palmieri that he's been traded to the New York Islanders because he hasn't uh, shown up since the trade that they forgot to do that. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, I really do. How do like you do that? that, that. You forgot to tell him. Like, <laughs> I was, it was my job, wasn't it? Uh, but I, <laughs> I like those additions and, and guys like Bavillier and stuff. I, I just, I think they're gonna find a way to score because I just don't think Pittsburgh's that good defensively, and their goaltending has been super shaky. And they get in the playoffs, and they need Crosby to carry them, and obviously what better player to do it? Maybe just McDavid. So I, I do understand like everything about it makes sense for Pittsburgh, but I don't care. This is, this is hot take right here. Yeah, you you no. took freaking, you took freaking Minnesota over Vegas. I think this is well warranted, but we'll move to Washington and Boston. Um, yes. Was it, is it Boston the home team? Boston's uh, team? Washington's. Uh, Washington's too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I actually, I, I have it up. I have it up. No, Washington is two and Boston is yeah. three. Okay. I don't remember what I said originally, but that is accurate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a – you could talk me into either one, for sure. Washington is the team that I feel like surprises me the most with how good they've been. Um, and they so have good. had some some, some gaffes, and, and those gaffes always come when, like, oh, they don't have Ovi, Carlson, or, like, Oshi. Oh, yeah, they weren't that good that <laughs> night, but they still won. Like, cool. Like, yeah. and I really don't know if there's any – I think the Oshi one might be, like, the most concerning, and it sounds like it's he's back. Like – he didn't practice and then he came out afterwards and I, I don't think their coach said anything like too alarming or he, he kind of it seemed like it was like yeah like he'd be better served working with the trainers like making sure he's good to go like why would we practice him or like so I, you know I think they're going to be a full go in this one but then again we're talking about the Boston Bruins who Taylor Hall is on fire it's like everything I wanted him to be in Buffalo and more um <laughs> they seem to found a lot of you know the secondary scoring that had been the, the Bruins pastime just you know, when that top line wasn't going, guys like Crawley and all the, they were scoring. And, you know, now they're have that again. Last game, Taylor Hall gets the two goals and gets about well, two games ago because last game they played the, the Providence Bruins. But I don't know. This is the biggest toss up to me. And I really think it's going to come down to seven. And I really think always going to win it with a, with a game seven winner. Um, it's going to be super close. Tuka Rask could definitely get it done. And I got, well, didn't even mention the Washington goaltending, you know, is Sam Sonoff going to be back from the COVID protocol is because that's going to be back from COVID protocol. I assume so. Um, there hasn't been really that that's been super vague. Do you have anything yeah. on that? Cause Sam uh, Sonoff came, looked really good at the end of the year. Yeah, no, we, uh, we actually, we know nothing about what exactly uh, Sam Sonoff's deal is. We've been told he's on the COVID list, but he's not actually listed on it. Um I think that's just some roster type maneuvering to put him on the taxi squad or something weird. Uh, Kuznetsov has been on there for like a week and a half. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I thought he already had it. So it's, uh, it's kind of like what? Been wild. Yeah. Um, it, it's really just, yeah, it's a head scratcher. Um, to me, it just sort of comes down to will the Washington power play get it done? Because that's where they've made a lot of their money. Um, and it, it pains me to say this because trust me, you know, I want Washington to win more than anything in the world, but this Boston team looks really, really, really good. Um, they only lost one game in regulation. If you don't count the Providence Bruins. Um, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking that they might've won that game, but no, uh, no the freaking raffle no. won it with like one oh, no, second oh, left. One second left. Yeah. yeah so 4-1-2, the Bruins against the Caps uh, on the year before that. So 
this, you know, I, I certainly would not be surprised either way. I'll probably just side with the home team, honestly, or maybe if we see something in the first couple of games in terms of line matching, like maybe that's, that'll be my little bit of an edge. Um, but I do think this game will be a pretty exciting hockey. Um, very excited to watch it. I do not believe the Pittsburgh Islanders series will be very exciting. So, no. um, you know, yeah. that, that's sort of like, you know, if you're picking between the games or whatever, like Washington, Boston, much more interesting to me. Um, but give me Boston in seven. Is that copying you, Deej? No, I said Washington in seven. Oh, okay. So, so some game seven overtime. Uh, Ovi versus Taylor Hall. Like, you know, pick your pick your fighter. All right. So we will move on to yeah. Canada, Toronto, Montreal, which you know everyone's talking. This hasn't happened in like a generation, and oh, yeah. all this stuff. And you know, I really first off, I'm going to say this. I think Montreal is going to try to play the most boring style that they could possibly play to slow down as much as possible. Matthews and Marner. Will it work? I don't know. Jake Evans seems to be the guy now people are talking about. Like, yo, is Jake Evans a shutdown center? All this and more next on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And I'm like, I don't think so. But maybe, like, like it seems like he played McDavid not terrible. So that's obviously the, the narrative. If you want to try to piece up into Montreal, is like, could Carey Price find heroics? And everything about this series is like, well, Toronto is going to take him handily. Um, but there's just something about me wanting to say Montreal just to watch Toronto burn, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to take Toronto in six. I'm going to do it, but man, when I fill out my first bracket, am I taking Montreal? <laughs> like, don't care. Just have to do it just for just for my own sanity. It's it's wrong. Like, Toronto's better. Like, they're going to win. Okay, so if you're saying Toronto in six, my God, I want to see Toronto before game five, where it's either three to one where they could win it, or it's uh, three to two or two to two. And, you know, they're basically a, a do or die uh, game five. Like, oh my God, that would be so much fun. I'm already setting a calendar reminder for it. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, there's really not much more to say about Toronto. They seem to be really, really, really good. Um, but they've been playing in Canada all year. So, you know, we haven't seen them against basically any of the other uh you know, elite teams. So it's really hard to say, you know, whether they actually are like this much better or if, you know, they just got a good break and everything else in the season. Um, so, with, you know, with all that in mind, uh, it does sort of seem like we're going to be getting Zach Hyman on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Um, they moved Felino next to Nylander Tavares. So that's interesting. I sort of would have expected them to sort of keep Felino in the bottom six unless, you know, uh, break glass if needed or whatever um, but they're going you know right away on it so that's interesting to me I don't love it um, but you know it doesn't really matter so that's um you know so that's where we're at on the Toronto side for Montreal it does sound like Brendan Gallagher comes back which is good for them we, we like that we like when their good players are playing uh, with Cole Caulfield in the mix too like they actually could have two you know pretty good scorers there uh, you know, I guess include Tyler Toffoli in that because he's more of the scorer yeah. than Gallagher. Um, and then Shea Weber. The league, so. yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and then Shea Weber, you know, he's had a good year too. So that's, I'm not going to be convinced into saying that I think Montreal wins this, but Toronto in six sounds about right. I'll say Toronto in five. Um, you know, they prove that they can get it done on home ice in game five uh, in front of exactly zero rowdy fans. So. 
Yeah, definitely. It's going to be, I am, I want to say I'm most excited to watch that series myself just because of the Caulfield and, you know, they get back all the guys and I, I don't know. I, I, I could just see this right now and it's going to be game six, everyone in Toronto, just having the overtime come up and just be like, we're going to die. Like I'm going to die. And Gil Shenyak, <laughs> Gil Shenyak wouldn't get no overtime. Oh my God, like, that'd be so cool. I, that, 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 I don't know what it is. Like, the revenge it just, it feels, factor. It just feels like they, they finally found the guy to get him over the edge and it's Alex Golchenyuk. Like that yeah. that would be the storybook <laughs> ending I want. Uh, but we, have, we can move to the final game. Final game. It is the other Canadian game. It is probably a game that if you would have said, this is a series two months, a month ago, let's say one month ago, I would have been like, oh man, whew, like Edmonton, Winnipeg, like this, this is a toss up. Like, well, because Winnipeg's got the home advantage here. So like, man, oh wait. Winnipeg lost every game down the stretch. <laughs> oh, just and about one every game down the stretch and McDavid scored 20 points a game. Wait a minute. So it, it is funny though. Cause like there was a, there was a time when Winnipeg was like fighting with Toronto. Like that yeah. was probably well over a month ago now, but they were, they were like against the spread. I remember seeing them at like 10 and two. And I was like, what the heck is going on in Winnipeg? And I was like, Oh, back to earth. There they are. Found them. Hey guys, Winnipeg, they're right here. Like, um, so we're, we're talking about a series that has, I would say the worst defensive unit um, in Winnipeg followed by, I want to say the second worst defensive unit in Edmonton, but I do think Darnell Nurse and Barry have been good enough that maybe you could convince me that it could be somewhere else. Um, but man, like it is, it is the epitome of what I want to be kind of game stacking. Um, Hello Buck is good enough. I think the Give give it a chance for Winnipeg. I think Edmonton gets it done. McDavid and Drysdale just too freaking good right now. Um, some depth scoring too has come through, and they have you know Tyson Berry, who I think took the lead for points as a defender. The question, I mean, the only thing that could stop Edmonton is goaltending just being an absolute train wreck. But I don't think Winnipeg has the guns on offense without Ehlers to get it done. So I'm gonna say Edmonton in five. Um, Are think, we sure Ehlers doesn't return? I am not at all. Actually. Okay. I, I tried to look into it more today. I found okay. literally nothing. I didn't yeah. skate. They didn't I mean, do, they played. So like, I, right. It's like tough because there's nothing there. Yeah. They literally still are like, you know, they, they, what they finished their season yesterday or they still have one more game. I honestly don't know. Oh my <laughs> God. The Avalanche scored again. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Winnipeg still does have one more game for me. <laughs> season is a joke. Um, yeah. So, so Kyle Peterson. We, um, yeah, true. We are sort of assuming that I'm, at least I'm assuming that Nick Ellers comes back. Uh, if he doesn't, it is absolutely Edmonton every single day of the week. Like I, I will not be talked into any other result in this series. Like McDavid's been ridiculous. Uh, the season series, even for, you know, like, you know, some of these games are with Ehlers even, um, Edmonton was six and two outscored them 34 to 22. Like this was not close all year. Um, you know, Ellers did have eight points in seven games against Edmonton. So not, you know, not a crazy, uh, you know, not like he was held off the score sheet. So maybe he's sort of, you know, the piece that gets his team back together and puts up a fight. Um, but, you know, I really think that Edmonton's the better team here. There's just no stopping Connor McDavid when he's playing like this. And that's, you know, certainly not going to be stopped by um, Dylan DeMello on the top pair. Like, it's just not happening. So. Uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Edmonton here. I'll say Edmonton in a sweep. Connor McDavid, God mode. Uh, yeah, I said five. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. All yeah. right. So, with all of that being said, I think we 
gave enough on this. We're going to get you know, more in depth and more in detail. We just like to do our preliminary playoffs and our preliminary season and that stuff. It's always a fun little podcast to do. So we'll go more in depth when we actually get the, you know, the schedule, which is still not released yet, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, and we'll give you a few slates and, you know, I mean, over the weekend, I, you know, I'm not going to record, I'm not going to be around, but we'll try to, you know, get the, the first big playoff slate if we can um, once all the regular season games are over with. So with all that being said, we're, going to jump on over to the Mayo Media Network and we're going to cover the three games. So if you were, oh, wait, never mind. This is coming up on Friday again. Oh my God. Never mind what I gotcha. was going to say, Matt. Just go. Yeah, no. So, uh, you know, again, we're recording this on, or we're going to release this on Friday. We're recording it on Wednesday. So that's why DJ is so freaking confused here. Um, yeah, that's like the third time. You think I would have learned by now. Like, Yeah, so no, reiterating what DJ said, um, we obviously won't you know, be recording for the opening night of the playoffs or maybe even the second, third nights of the playoffs. Like we're just not really sure what they look like at this point. Um, but hopefully this gives you a good enough start. And as always, be sure you're in the Discord because that's where a lot of the magic will happen. And once again, if you need to join the Discord still, you know, why haven't you? Um, DM us on Twitter at Pod, and we can get you all set up there. Um, last notes, uh, I am on Twitter at fake moods, DJs at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. Give us a follow, you know, we would appreciate it. Um, you know, some of the news that we alluded to at the beginning of the show might even make it over on Twitter. So, you know, you definitely don't want to miss that either. So, um, yeah, DJ, I think we're good to go. Um, and we will talk to you all uh, either in the Discord or as soon as we uh, know what the hell's happening with this playoff series. Or maybe just it's all been a sham and next week is just going to be six nights of Vancouver and Calgary. Like, I actually don't know. Like, I would not be surprised if they were like, ah, just kidding. Everyone has COVID and you're just going to watch, you know, Vancouver and Calgary play until, you know, a football it's starts. And prank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so go Browns on that note. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Yes, DJ, please be happy about the Browns because there's not much else right. to be happy about. Well, I can't all be right. happy about Kel Peterson literally taking me from winning all the money to like very little. All right, well, Just uh, all, all time play. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and all season. Uh, it's been one hell of a ride uh, through COVID and all that. So appreciate you all sticking it out with us. Um, and we will continue to for at least the next you know month and a half or two months or until the playoffs get canceled because COVID somehow returns. Um, but until it does, we'll be right here talking to you in your little earbuds. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good playoffs, everybody, and we will see you.